I don't know about you, but it has been a week to remember. I uh, can only think about you know the the word uncertain. Everything has been uncertain. Like you know, I know when they said the snow was coming and the weather was coming, nobody thought we would see happened. What's happened? Uh, I was doing just some reading, and it said that we haven't seen temperatures this cold since 1880. <laughs> Imagine that. A hundred years. Like, like, woo, like woo, almost a, a decade and a half of, of how long it's been since it's been this cold and just, you know, the devastation. We just weren't expecting it. I don't know about you. Um, for me, I, I thought, okay, we'll have some cold weather. But for us, our pipes broke. We were out without electricity. And even now, you know, this morning, uh, some of you, you're watching and you don't have running water. Maybe maybe you don't have electricity, but you're, you're watching on your cell phone or you're at a family's me- member's house because you've been displaced Listen, everybody has been affected and impacted by this bad, terrible weather. And, um, you know, I was thinking this morning, I was taking a bath with a cup and uh, some water that I had poured out of a five-gallon bucket. We don't, we don't have running water. Couldn't get a plumber to our house. And, you know, the, the ceiling in our garage is all soaking wet and sheetrock and devastated. And I just thought today, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there are some things that are uncertain, like when, when we're going to have running water and yeah, we're going to have to boil the water. I know as a parent, my kids go back to school tomorrow. You know, if you're in Houston, the schools don't open back up. The last I read was March 1st, you know. Um, and so everything is just thrown up in the air. Everything seems to be very uncertain today. What's going to happen tomorrow, the next day? Um, I just want you to know that God is in control. I think you need to hear that, that God, he loves you and and he cares about you, that it's in the middle of uncertainty. We get to choose. Are we going to live in fear? Are we going to live in faith? Are we going to walk closer to God? Are we going to allow this circumstance to drive us further away from God? And though it's uncertain, though it's not always fun this morning, I felt like I was back in South Africa on a mission trip and uh, in one of the squatter camps was where we bathed with just, you know, some, some five-gallon buckets and some cups. I was thinking about uh, the, you, you know, Panama in the Kuna River. We were bathing with cups. That's what I felt like this morning. But you know what I thought? Thank God I got electricity. Come on. Thank God I'm safe. Thank God there's breath in my lungs. There's health in my body. And I choose to not walk in fear, but I I just say, God, I I just trust you. I love you. I believe in you, that you care about us, that you have not forsaken us. And and I I just want to encourage you with that. Maybe you're here and you are feeling like I'm struggling. God, you bless me on one hand, but I feel like I keep fighting battles on the other. I want you to know that oftentimes blessings and battles they happen at the same time. I wish there was a reprieve on the struggle. I wish there was a let up from the enemy on tough times. But I don't know about you, 2020 and 2021 already has had that struggles on one side and the blessings on the other. You know, last year was tough. It was a tough season, not only for me, but for many of you. I mean, at the November, I lost my dad, probably one of the hardest moments of my life. You have these great values. And then, you know, yet that same year, we bought our Richmond campus. And then we buy the campus, but the construction costs double. 
You know, some of you, you still have your job, but you've been furloughed. And it's like, thank God I got the job, but whew, it sure is hard to pay the bills. I get it. Some of you, look, you got electricity, but you don't have running water. Come on, somebody. That's, that's us. And, and so there's this, thank God I got this, and, but man, this is tough. And here's what I know. Whatever we focus on determines our direction. So are we going to focus on the blessing or are we going to focus on the battle? And it's like, God, I just want to focus on the blessing. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I appreciate you. I know you love me. You haven't left me. I know it gets tough, but God, I focus on you. But if we don't do that, if we don't make a conscious choice, then we'll begin to fall in fear. We'll begin to get bitter. We'll begin to get angry. God, I know I got electricity, but I can't believe I don't have water. God, I, I know I still have my job, but I can't believe you let them furlough me. God, I'm grateful I got my house, but I'm eight payments behind. Right? It's, it's what are we going to focus on? And it's God, I choose to focus on you. Paul says his hope actually came from God. And that's what I want to encourage you with. That for us, your hope doesn't come in your circumstance. It doesn't come in your situation. The Apostle Paul is one of the greatest men that's ever walked this earth. And yet, he had some of the biggest struggles of any person who has ever lived. This man was beaten. He was stoned to death. He was lost at sea. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a viper. He's had all these dangers and perils and things that he's walked through. And yet in the middle of his life, he stops and pauses and begins to declare to us what Romans 15, 13 says. I pray that God, everybody say God. Come on, say it again. Say God. He is the source of hope. Think about that. His source of hope didn't come from the weather, didn't come from how much money was in his pocket, didn't come from where he was sleeping or what he was doing. His source of hope came from God. And how many know that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if I can put my hope in him, my trust in him, then my hope won't waver. My life, though, though the circumstances around it change, my life is on solid ground. Look at what he says, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Think about that. He's going to fill you with joy. How many need some joy? Anybody need some joy? I, I get it. <clears throat> See, we, we confuse happiness with joy. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on my position with God, that God, I'm close to you. That you give me joy in the midst of struggle. It's one of the things I love. If you saw the pictures about the outreach, many of the dream teamers, they're going through struggles just like everybody else. I was thinking about Pastor Ashley and Pastor Kevin. They're out here at the Dream Center uh, passing out groceries and supplies, taking blankets over to the nursing home. They don't have any running water. They didn't have any electricity. And yet they're going into the community and making a difference. I was thinking about Monique and Elvis, both of which their cars broke down. Like they didn't stop working. And yet they're here on this campus this last week giving out groceries and giving out supplies to those who are in need. Why? Because their hope was in God. It wasn't based on the circumstance. And so they got a smile on their face. You'd never know the tough things that are happening. And that's because they were standing on the right foundation. 
I'm so proud of Brenda. She came and brought all these supplies, and yet nobody would ever know that she has massive water damage in her house. And she said, I just, I want to be a part of making a difference. When people act like that, you got to go back to why. What, what, what in the world? It's unfathomable. How could someone be going through so much and yet continue to give? Well, it's because God is their source of hope. He's the one that gives joy. He's the one that gives peace. And I want to encourage you. Some of you feel like I've been fighting for so long. I just, God, I want you to fill me with joy and hope. Okay, well, you got to put your trust in God. You got you to make him the source of your hope. That God, I'm going to lean into you. And then you can say like Paul. Look at what Paul says. For our present troubles are small and they won't last long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So Paul, the man who's gone through all these struggles and trials and tribulations, he says, look, momentary and light afflictions is what one translation says. Well, how could he say it? Because his eyes on eternity. He's thinking about heaven. Our life is but a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. We're just a little dash in the, in the light of eternity. And so when we walk through struggles like this, when we walk through a storm, when we walk through the moments where life is tough, we got to keep an eye on eternity. we got to say, God, I focus on you. It may be tough here, but here's what I always say to it. It could be worse. It may be tough here, but God, it's only for a moment. And that's what Paul says. And then when we do that, God gets the glory. It's like the dream teamers here just serving and loving. Hundreds of dream teamers serving and just giving. and love. What happens? God gets the glory that we become the salt and the light. What we do matters. How we respond matters. The things we say, the, the things we do right now, it, the world's watching. How could you act like that and you don't have power? How could you act like that and, and, and not have uh, water? And it's well, because God loves you. And that's the mandate of this church and our church and the big church in general is this, God, we're going we're gonna to do your will. We're going to be the salt, the light to the world around us so that you are glorified. And we're going to respond when you ask us to be your hands and feet. And really, I just wanted to share just a couple of responses that we can have as Christians, as God calls us forth to make a difference, to make the impact that we get to make on this earth. And I was thinking about three men in the Bible who God called. He had an assignment for them. He asked them to do something. And though all three loved God, they all three had different responses. And I think it's a, it's a perfect example of the responses that we get to have. Even over this next couple week, weeks, I know that this last week is behind us and Many of you have had your electricity restored and many of you have got your water back on and it seems like life is going back as normal. But I just want to remind you, there are millions across this region that still don't have water. Hundreds of thousands that don't have power. In fact, the Houston School District, what I read, are not even going back to school until March 1st. And so the need is great. And though it can look like life is back at normal and people are just getting back to the same old, same old, we don't know what they're struggling with. 
How many of them, their, their homes are destroyed, water damage all throughout the ceilings and the floor. Just like us, we have water damage all in the ceilings. And so, so they've got to work through it and life has been disrupted. And so when God asks us to step out, what will our response be? And so I was thinking about three men and their responses and uh, what it looks like for us. The first one I thought about was Jonah. <laughs> I mean, remember Jonah uh, in Sunday school. If you went to Sunday school, Jonah's the one that was in the belly of the well, and God uses the well to get him back on track to go to Nineveh. See, what happened was God called Jonah to go to Nineveh to share the truth of God to the people. Jonah didn't want to do that. He said, no, no, no. In fact, Jonah chapter 1, verse 2 through 3, look, it says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. This is what God is saying. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. So God called him. Hey, Jonah, go, go preach to these people. Their wickedness has come up against me. The, the, the people of Nineveh, they were ruthless people. And Jonah's like, no, no, I'm not going over there. I, uh -uh. So in fact, he charters a boat, goes the opposite direction. Well, we know he's about to lose his life and people throw him overboard. He tells them, throw him, and that well swallows him up and eventually takes him over to the great city and spits him out. But really what we see with Jonah's response is, I'm unavailable. God, I'm unavailable, and I'm not going. Just not going to do it. And I wonder, you know, I was thinking for me, there's been times where I've been like, God, I, I'm not doing that. I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I, that's not where I'm going. I remember when I was 19 years old, I'll never forget, I was involved with church and felt like the Lord was leading me to help in the college ministry and get involved even more and make a difference. And my buddy's like, hey, I'm going to UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso, and I'm going to go to school up there. You want to come with me? And I thought, I'm going with you, man. His name was Derek, one of my best friends growing up. And I'm like, bro, I'm going with you. I ain't staying there. I'm getting out of my family's house. Come on, all my young adults. And I need my freedom. And I'm going to go live my life. And so we pack up and take the 12-hour drive all the way over to El Paso and register for school. And I thought everything was going to be great. I was so miserable. <laughs> It was the worst three months of my entire life. I couldn't party. I couldn't go to class. I could, nothing I did brought any joy or peace. I was so miserable. Within three months, I packed everything up and came home back home. My mom just laughed. <laughs> we say all the time that, that uh, she's like Jesus' sister. She was praying. She said, I knew you weren't going to stay there because I was praying that God would bring you back home. And Guess what? She didn't even have to say nothing. I just, okay, I'm heading back home. And I came back home, went to a church service. Pastor didn't even give the altar call. I came up to the front. I said, God, if you're real, I need you. Just show me. And man, God ministered to me. And I just, I'll never forget that moment because it was a time in my life where I clearly ran from what God was speaking to me. Some of you right now, you find yourself in that place. You, maybe you're climbing the, the ladder of success. Maybe life has been good. And you're enjoying all the fruits of your labor, but you just feel miserable. I wonder if it's because you're running from the call of God. I wonder if it's because God spoke to you. He gave you a dream. Maybe, maybe you're not supposed to be in business, but you're supposed to be a missionary or, or start a ministry or whatever it is that God placed in your heart. You're never going to be satisfied until you surrender to his call. So 
We surrender to it. Second person I thought about was Moses. You know, uh, we know the story of Moses. Moses was called by God to lead the children of Israel out of exile of Egypt and out of slavery. And God finds him on the backside of a desert tending his father-in-law's sheep. And that's where God makes a call to him. Moses, I'm going to send you back. I want you to deliver my people. And look at what we see in Exodus 3.10. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? And in fact, what he does is he actually tells him, look, my bro- I can't speak. Send someone else. Like, I'm unqualified. I'm unqualified. How many times has God asked us to do something? And you're like, God, I don't have enough money. I don't have the time. I don't have the talent. I don't have the whatever. We can always make excuses. And I've found excuses validate our perspective. Whatever we want, we can just make an excuse and it'll validate it. But God didn't ask you to, to feel like you're qualified. He said, just go. Do it. I will empower you. And I've seen that more often than not. I, I remember even early this week, Pastor Ashley and I were talking about serving this city and what did we need to do. And I remember just telling her, listen, all we got to do is be present. Show up to the campus. Let's start moving forward. And lo and behold, it's exactly what God, I, I don't know the next step all the steps, but I do know the next step. And so, what, okay, open up the campus. Then we started getting groceries and next to you, hundreds of people all over. Why? Because I just, I don't have to know the plan. I just have to know the next. And so we say I'm disqualified, but listen, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so you step out in faith. You may not have a lot of money, but that's okay. Give what you have. You may not have a lot of time, but that's okay. Give what you've got. Make sure that you take the step that God is asking you to take. And then God puts his super on top of your natural. That's where the miracle takes place. So I want to encourage you. Don't respond like Moses. God, I'm just, I'm unqualified. Send someone else. Say, 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 just like Isaiah, here am I, send me. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. This is right after King Uzziah dies, has a vision. God wants to speak to his people and bring a message. And Isaiah says, it's me. Hey, here, here I am. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I don't want to be on the sidelines. It's not about what you have or don't have. It doesn't matter about what gifts and talents you have. or don't. No, it's just God, here am I. I'm available. It's amazing to me to see what God does through people who are simply available. That God, I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. I'll do anything. I'm your man. I'm your woman. I'm your teenager. I'm your child. I'm the person that I'm asking you to use. God, here I am, coach. Put me in. Don't allow what you don't have to disqualify you. But say, God, I want to go all in. 